Yeah. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the Thursday show. It is Daniel Pedigree with you the 23rd of March, 2023. Good to have your company over the course of the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number, as always. You can send a text anytime, 0457 736 736. That's all before Vossie and James Magnuson for breakfast this morning from 6 a.m. Brandy. I don't really know where he is. Um, and then we'll have Pad and Heels. You'll get uh, Queensland this is you'll get the first hour of Pad and Heels. And then uh, first hour, sorry, of Vossie and James Magnuson. And then you'll get Pad and Heels from 6 a.m. local time. Coming up on the show today, a lot to get through. Start of round four of the National Rugby League. And uh, being a Thursday, we'll catch up with Chris Perkins. We'll try and do that most uh, Mondays and Thursdays throughout uh, the season, especially when we have uh, a full show on a Monday. If not, we'll do it on a Tuesday. Uh, but today on a Thursday, give him a bit more time, have a chat with him. In particular, we're going to have a chat with him. And Volsi and Brandy mentioned this a couple of days ago, this new cricket league that is starting in America. A lot of big-name Australians heading there. He's been keeping an eye on it closely. So we're going to have a chat with him about that in about 15 minutes and get his take on all of that. one 1170 our open line number, or you can send a text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ream. Just before we get to the news of the day, at two past five in New South Wales, two past four in Queensland. Um, saw, uh, well, didn't see, but I was uh, on the internet last night um, and saw Steve Waugh uh, mention an article. Of course, one of Australia's great cricketers, his brother Mark, of course, also a very good cricketer. So it got me thinking, great sporting families. Presently, there's a few going around right now, but past as well. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. No doubt the War Brothers were some of the best cricketers uh, in that generation. Um, I will still forever remember that day at the SCG, and I think anyone that was alive and remembered it, remembers it, whether you were watching it on TV or you're out at the SCG, when Steve Waugh hit that century off the last ball of the day. And if you... Look back at that period of time. If he hadn't succeeded in that test match, he was probably gone from the Australian cricket team. It was just an amazing afternoon of test cricket, which was now almost 20 years ago. Uh, pretty sure it was the end of 2003. So that's a little scary. But great sporting families, past or present, don't have to be Australian either. They can be from anywhere around the world. Uh, can be brothers. Uh, father, son, anything like that. So 0457 736 736. Sisters or 1300 01 1170. Your great sporting families, your nominations on this Thursday morning. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. The winner, uh, well, the best text or call. Uh, give you a Makita prize pack this morning. So 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. All right, let's get into the news of the day. We will get to the Parramatta Penrith game in a second. However, Royce Hunt. Uh, well, I don't know if you've caught this. You probably did see it uh, in, on social media yesterday and uh, throughout the course of this morning if you're up nice and early. Uh, but he has set up a mouth-watering clash against Canberra later in the year. Unfortunately, they don't play until round 27 
after absolutely unloading on former teammate Corey Horsburgh, labelling the Raiders forward a weak, gutted dog and threatening to bash him in round 27. So Hun was Sinbian for striking Horsburgh in the 52nd minute of their game on Sunday night, lashing out after claiming he was held in a scrum by the Raiders' redhead. Now, moments before Hunt was sent from the field, Horsburgh scored a try and celebrated by screaming in the face of the Sharks' forward. Uh, it turns out Royce Hunt is still seething uh, when he fronted the media at Cronulla yesterday, warning Horsburgh that retribution was only months away. He went on to say, as Ricky Stewart would say, he's a weak, gutted dog. Hunt said in reference to Stewart's extraordinary post-game spray on Penrith's Jamin Salmon last year. We'll get him next game. I got sent for 10 and put the boys under pressure. I was upset at myself for getting sent for 10 and letting him get under my skin. Now, Stewart, as we know, last year was fined $25,000 and suspended for one game after labelling Salmon a weak gutter dog last year. It is understood that the NRL will also review Hunt's comments and the context surrounding them. Now, Horsburgh responded to Hunt's comments on social media, posting a picture of him holding a baby with Hunt's head superimposed on the image. He added, really happy for my little boy watching Daddy score two tries alongside emojis of a love heart and a cup of milk. Now, they've known each other for years. They were once teammates playing for, the, for, playing for Mounties together in 2018 and 2019 uh, when both were at the Raiders. At one point, uh, they were front row partners in the Mounties side. Um... We saw what happened when Ricky Stewart, as I said, when Ricky Stewart said this about Jamin Salmon last year, fined $25,000 suspended for one game. And I remember back at that time, all the talk in rugby league was about that. That was basically all you heard about. It was late, very late on the season. And as I said, he ended up getting one match. A lot of people thought he should probably have got more than one match, Ricky Stewart, for calling Jamin Salmon a weak gutter dog. Now, Royce Hunt has come out and said this about Corey Horsburgh. Is it the same thing? And should he be facing a fine of $25,000? And he, should he be facing a suspension for one match? Now, obviously, you have to get it into context and all that. And that's exactly what the NRL are going to be doing when they investigate it. But what do you make of it? 0457 736 736. Or our open line number to have you say is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Royce Hunt should he be facing any punishment? Should he be facing the same punishment as Ricky Stewart, or do we just move on? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Happy to hear from you on the open line, the text line this morning on this. Does he deserve any punishment for those comments, or do we just move on? What do you reckon? As I said, Ricky Stewart was fined $25,000 last year and suspended for one game. Is it the same, though? What do you think? 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line 1300 011170. Interested to get your take on all of that. Uh, 8 past 5 in New South Wales, 8 past 4 in Queensland. Now, tonight, uh, of course, a lot of talk this week has been about the Dolphins and the Broncos match tomorrow night, and we're looking forward to that, aren't we? But tonight it is the grand final rematch. You will hear it here on SEN as well. It is the Penrith Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels, and we know Parramatta, zero from three, could easily have won the first three matches, lost by four points against the Storm, four points against the Sharks, four points last week against Manly. Um, and as we've mentioned a couple of times and has been mentioned 
in various parts of the media. They are coming off. They played Manly coming off a bye. They're playing Penrith tonight coming off a bye. And then next Thursday, they've got the Roosters coming off a bye as well. Um, a former Australian and Premiership winning halfback has declared Panthers superstar Nathan Cleary, Cleary is lengths ahead of Parramatta's Mitchell Moses, who is a good front runner but fails to fire in big games. So as the halfbacks prepare to go head-to-head in the grand final rematch, Penrith's 2003 Premiership hero Craig Gower poured cold water on Moses' big game credentials. He said, I don't think you can really compare the two, to be perfectly honest. Moses will take on Cleary at Combank Stadium with a supporter Parramatta legend Brett Kenny, who said the Eels playmaker was starting to play what's in front of him. Now, the Eels are outsiders to win the match today, uh, but Gower said in the stats, they are the only two, but I think when you look at who can get the job done, Nathan is actually lengths in front of him. That's the truth, mate. I don't think Mitchell Moses has the all-round game that Nathan has. The way Nathan ices games, and Mitch just hasn't. This is where the question marks are, and that is where Nathan is a fair way in front of Mitch. Look at the games and look at what's happened so far this year and past games. Mitch is a good front runner, but it's when the game is on the line. Don't get me wrong, Mitch is a great player, but it doesn't seem like he can nail those big games. Um, he also continued to say he has obviously come under fire this year for putting his team into positions for him to ice the game, but unfortunately he hasn't come up with the plays. Everyone talks about dollars. I'm not really into the dollar side of things, but more about who is actually winning those tight games. So Craig Gower, of course, coming out and supporting Nathan Cleary. No real surprise about that. Um, and you look at the two careers. You can't deny that Nathan Cleary has had more success than Mitchell Moses. Um, he's played Origin. Obviously, Moses has played Origin as well, but he's played Origin. He's won two competitions, been in another grand final the year before that. So no doubt in my mind that Cleary, well, at the moment, has to be rated above Mitchell Moses. Do you think they're that far apart, though? Mitch Moses, of course, been very good for Parramatta. We still don't know where he's going to be going next year. The Roosters came out yesterday and completely denied that any talks had been, or any discussions had been going on surrounding Mitchell Moses, and they're happy with their halfback, Sam Walker. But Nathan Cleary against Mitch Moses... I think you take Cleary every day of the week over Mitch Moses. But is Craig Gower being a little harsh on Moses? Or do you agree with him? Do you think that Moses struggles to secure the big games when it is needed, win the big games for the Parramatta Interested to get your thoughts on it. I like Moses as a player, but no competitions yet. Um, And again, away from what Craig Gower had to say about Mitch Moses, it is a really interesting one to see what does happen with Moses. And you get the feeling now we're heading into the fourth round. This whole contract saga about Mitch Moses and whether he's going to stay at Parramatta or go to the Tigers must be proving to be a distraction for the Parramatta Reels because we heard in the lead-up to the preseason, we were pretty much sure that this deal was going to get done straight away. Um, or at least before the season, wherever, whether it be at Parramatta, whether it be at the Tigers. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 0457 or 1300 01 1170. What's your thoughts on Mitch Moses, Nathan Cleary? And is Mitch Moses, this whole Mitch Moses contract situation, saga situation, 
wearing Parramatta down. 0457 736 736 or 1300 And on the game tonight, who wins and why? Well, you don't even have to tell me why, but who wins? Does Penrith make it two out of three? Of course, they had the bye last weekend. Or can Parramatta hit back? It is an interesting one, isn't it? Because you look at the way these two teams have played when they've played each other over the past three or four years. And yes, obviously Penrith won the grand final and were dominant in that grand final. But if you take the grand final out of it, Parramatta have been really one of the only teams that have been able to beat Penrith in this real dominant era of the Penrith Panthers. There's been other teams that have come close and a couple that have, but Parramatta have definitely outside of that grand final, definitely had the wood over the Penrith Panthers in recent times. And they'll be desperate tonight, Parramatta, no doubt. So who wins? Does Penrith go on to win and Parramatta remain winless in their first month of the competition? Or do they turn things around, Parramatta, and manage to get the win? I think their defence is going to have to be a hell of a lot better than we've seen in recent weeks, in particular when they played the Sharks and also the Manly Seagulls last weekend. So what do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Who wins tonight? Penrith or Para? 0457-736-736 or 1-300-01-1170 is our open line number. Um, and also, just before a break, and we'll talk uh, hopefully to Andrew Menzel tomorrow about this from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, but Australia has won the one-day series against India in the third and final one-day overnight. Australia won by 21 runs. Uh, Australia posted 269 um, of 49 overs, and India could only get 248. So well done uh, to Australia. Mitchell Marsh, again, pretty good. 47. Travis Head, 33. Uh, Alex Carey made 38. Uh, So 10 for 269. And India only managing 248. So Australia win by 21 runs, and that is good. Um, We know, obviously, some different uh, faces in that side, but the turnaround, I suppose, and as I say, we'll talk to Andrew Mensel about this tomorrow, but the turnaround in this tour has been pretty good because after that second test match against India, when they capitulated, you thought it could be four nearly India and who knew what was going to happen with the one day series. But now they fought back, won the third test, uh, drew the fourth test and then managed to win the one day series. So well done to Australia And, of course, the 50-over World Cup not too far away as well later on in the year. So that's just some of what is on our agenda this morning on 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Great sporting families. Already a few texts through. Great sporting families, past, present. Let me know. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Mitch Moses, is he... Um, that far behind Nathan Cleary, like Craig Gower has said. And who wins tonight? Is it Penrith? Is it Parramatta? And the comments from Royce Hunt around Corey Horsburgh, calling him a weak gutter dog. Does he deserve the same fine and suspension as Ricky Stewart got last year? 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. Your texts and your calls next. It is 16 past five in New South Wales, 16 past four in Queensland. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. 
20 past five in New South Wales, 20 past four in Queensland. Your text in a second. Also going to have a chat with Chris Perkins in America, 0457 736 736. Or you can call the open line on 1300 01 1170. Probably no surprise that Phil Gould has said this, but he believes the Dragons, after uh, the situation with Andy Griffin at the Panthers, but believes the Dragons made the right call in forcing current head coach Anthony Griffin to reapply for his job as his future remains uncertain. So we know Dragons officials reportedly informed Griffin they would begin interviewing for their head coach role for 2024 and beyond on Tuesday, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, Griffin has only won 21 out of his 50-game tenure since taking the reins at the Dragons, with the club failing to play finals footy since 2018. Gould believes Dragons bosses made a strategic move, stopping Anthony Griffin from fielding constant questions surrounding his future until a call is made. He said yesterday, you've got to look at it from the Dragons' perspective. He's off contract at the end of the year. The time will come in the next couple of weeks where they go to every press conference and they'll be asking the question, are you going to re-sign for next year? Uh, The clubs are going to get uh, hounded with questions, what are you going to do about the coach? They'll have players off contract or players they're trying to sign and the first question they'll ask is who is going to be the coach? They've got to be able to provide an answer for that. Well, they've got to make a decision as well. Uh, and Gould did continue to say they're not going to let it go on until the end of the year. They'll look at their performances over the last couple of the years. They haven't played finals footy for a few years now. As I said yesterday, uh, I think very little chance Anthony Griffin is Dragons coach unless they make the finals this year. But if they are to lose their next month of footy or two months, they win only a couple of games, maybe he goes earlier than the end of this year. But I suppose on the flip side of that, if the Dragons play well over the next five or six weeks, it's going to put them in a bit of an awkward position. Because, as Gould rightly said, players are going to want to know who the coach is before, you'd imagine, before October, November this year. So it's going to be an interesting one, the whole Dragon story to watch and play out. They've got the Sharks on Sunday night, the last game of round four. But I think this puts the pressure much more on the Dragons and Anthony Griffin. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Also asking you this morning, great sporting families. Here is a text, no name on it, but uh, ends in, number ends in 007 007. There you go. Uh, hi, Dan. It's Wardy Alley and Peyton Manning. Uh, standouts for me and their dad, Archie, also played at quarterback. Thank you, 007. Uh, great number. Thank you. Uh, keep them coming in. There's a few more there. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. Your great sporting families. On the back of an article I saw about Steve Waugh uh, yesterday. Royce Hunt has called Corey Horsball a weak gutted dog. Does he deserve the same punishment as Ricky Stewart got last year? $25,000 and suspended for one game. Yes or no? Should he be getting the same punishment as Ricky got last year. And Craig Gower has come out and said Mitchell or Nathan Cleary is lengths ahead of Mitch Moses. Do you agree with that? And also, do you think the whole Mitch Moses contract saga is now starting to prove a distraction to Parramatta? And who wins tonight in the grand final rematch? Is it Penrith or is it Parramatta? 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll get to your text shortly, but for now, let us do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. Yes, 
Yes, and we thought we'd have a Thursday chat to Chris Perkins. Chris, good morning to you. How are you? I am doing good. I've got an addition to the uh, great sporting families for you. Yeah, go for it. Before we get into what we were going to talk about. Uh, back in the 80s, the Sutter family in the National Hockey League, mm. uh, there were like five Sutter boys who played and or coached in the National Hockey League. A couple of them did both. You had uh, Daryl Sutter, you had Brian Sutter, uh, Rich and Ron, who I believe were twins. Mm. I mean, Brent Sutter was in there. Uh, a St. Louis-Chicago hockey game in, in the late 80s, it was more accurately known as a, a, a Sutter family reunion because they all <laughs> seemed to play either for the Blues or the Blackhawks. Wow, nice family, time. nice family reunion, catching up over a sporting match after Woods and maybe having a quiet, yeah. quiet yeah, drink. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and it's a hockey game, and, and it's in the 80s, and it's between two blood rivals who absolutely hated each other. Could have made for some awkward holidays uh, for the Sutter family because fisticuffs were thrown between the boys occasionally. I can imagine that would be a little awkward, but what stays in the field uh, – well, sorry, what happens on the field – usually stays on the field, usually. Uh, there's been a few instances right. recently in the NRL where it hasn't. But anyway, uh, good nomination, Chris. Good way to kick us off on this Thursday morning. Now, I want to talk to you about this cricket uh, league. And we first sort of heard about it on uh, Tuesday. It's going to be happening, uh, getting underway in July. Uh, we know there's quite a few Australian cricketers uh recently retired one in Aaron Finch from international cricket. Anyway, uh, we'll be heading over there. He's going to be captain of the San Francisco unicorns. Uh, Marcus Stoinis heading over there. Pretty sure we're going to see Steve Smith over there as well. Tell us a little more about this uh, cricket league that, as I said, is beginning, uh, going to get underway in July. Yeah, well, I've got to, I've got to ask this first question. Yeah. Did they have come up with a less intimidating mascot in San Francisco than the unicorns. Uh, I yeah, I haven't seen uh, the mascot, but I can, I, can, I can sort of understand and sort of see what you mean by that. It's a, yeah, not now, tr- no no. It could be now no. It's a horse with a horn, so mm. maybe maybe there is something there. But Pro- I, you, you think you're kind of out of the box if you're going intimidating. Yeah, probably uh, not the a, best team name. No, no. But tell us a little more about it, mate. Well, you, you mentioned you know Aaron Finch being recently retired. I got to thinking, this is going on in July. There's an Ashes series mm. going on in, in June and July as well. So I was worried about you know some of these Aussies not being available. If Aaron Finch is retired from international yes. cricket, no worries about him. But yeah, Marcus Stoinis, Mitchell Marsh, uh, others. I mean, you know. Wanindu Hasaranga from Sri Lanka, mm. went to Kong from South Africa. I mean, these are some names mm. that, that even me as a casual cricket observer recognize uh, coming over to play. And, you know, this, this is, you know, trying to generate buzz for the 2024 uh, T20 World Cup, which we're co-hosting, the United States and the West Indies are. And there's going to be some games. Uh, both down in South Florida and apparently at this new stadium in Grand Prairie, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. So three-week tournament, 19 games, six teams. Um, and I, I've been saying for several years since I really started watching cricket more that the American market would take to T20 mm. because it's condensed into three hours. And we have a saying over here that chicks dig the long ball. Okay, and that's what that's mm. what that is what T20 seems to be—a whole lot of long balls. 
So there's excitement. I watched IPL games and and the the theatrics, the visual presentation is excellent with what the IPL does, what the Big Bash League does as well yeah. in, in Australia. So I'm I'm excited to see this and I want to see this take off. So cricket in America, Chris, obviously uh, is not overly dominant, but how popular is it? Obviously, as you say, this this shortened form of the game, which it, from an Australian point of view, where cricket's been around basically forever, where we uh, have been, we do love test matches. The Big Bash League and the 2020, it's 10 years ago, um, really, when it when the Big Bash League first started and became the Big Bash we now know. Very popular, really changed the face of cricket here in this country. And, and then it sort of has waned with the popularity over the past few years. COVID didn't help that, obviously. And then this year, definitely the popularity back up there, probably not to the extent it was a few years back. But what is really interesting um, about all of this is that it brings, as you just said, brings a whole different generation and fan of cricket in to the sport. Because you think about, um, and look, a lot of people, Chris, don't like 2020 cricket, but you think about the situation where most sports that we watch here in Australia, NRL, AFL, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, they go for two, three hours. Test match cricket goes eight, nine hours, can go five days and end in a draw. This is very done over and over and done with within, what, three hours. So it is a good way, I think, for cricket to try and get into the American market. Yeah, it, it's that short attention span thing that, you know, we seem, that we seem to have, and it's a global phenomenon. Uh, not just an American or an Australian thing. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it, you, you asked the original question was what's the popularity level of cricket in this country? Non-existent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we mm. have amateur cricket. We have amateur cricket clubs. I mean, we we have a national team that tries to qualify for World Cups uh, unsuccessfully, but uh, they they at least do try. Uh, and it's a shame because there is a history of cricket in the United States. Uh, you think the first Ashes series back in the 1870s. You got to go back 30 years further back, and you find the first international cricket match. It was in 1844 between Canada and the United States. That's mm. the first recognized international cricket match. So mm. there is a history. It, it kind of grew up along, uh, at the same time with baseball. Baseball wound up becoming the predominant mm. summer sport over here, and cricket just kind of went away. But it's good to see that it is it is coming back, and it's coming back and, and trying to trying to become something. Now it's going to take a long time, uh, if it ever even happens, before it becomes even close to as popular as baseball over mm. here in the summertime. But it's a nice alternative. It's three weeks. It's in. It'll be in one site, Grand Prairie, Texas. I question the judgment of doing anything in July in Dallas because it's so freaking hot and humid down there in July. But uh, I'm going to defer to to the experts on on getting this set up. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, for it being three weeks, it, it'll generate some buzz. It, hopefully, it has a good spot on television, mm. and, and these games are out there where where a lot of people can find it and get exposed to this new game. And, and hopefully, once they see one game, they're like. Ooh, I really liked watching that. I want to come back for more, and it helps grow the game yeah. in this country. So that's the hope. I suppose one just other one final question before we move on to your other topics. We've always heard, and we we hear about it every year, but and we spoke about it last year. The NRL wanting to 
go and play a game in America. And I, at some stage, it will probably happen. But how, and look, the NRL is probably in a way similar to the Big Bash over and done with within two hours. How hard would it be for an outside sport like cricket, like rugby league, like AFL, that does not dominate the American market, is barely heard of, uh, apart from maybe a few amateur leagues uh, in different places of America. Mm-hmm. How hard would a new sport, and I use the word new for America, how hard would it be for them to crack the market in America to get a decent amount of ratings on TV, a decent amount of people turning up to the games for them to make money out of it? Yeah, very difficult to impossible. I'm, I'm being realistic mm. here. Uh, because cricket is so unknown to the American market, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have marketing. You're going to have to have good, a good television partner mm. and a good television contract where your product is seen. You're going to have to put a good product on the field, meaning great players, worldwide, worldwide known players mm. um, on the field, so you know you're getting the highest quality that can possibly be brought in. What that takes, a whole lot of money. So you have to have deep-pocketed owner or owners, investors in this, who, you know, in addition to having the deep pockets, understand that they're going to be bleeding money for a number of years to make this product work for the long term, and they have to have the patience to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen other leagues in established I mean, how many spring football leagues has, has the U.S. market chewed up and spit out in the last 30, 40 years? The, I've lost count of them. We've got two running right now, and they're okay, but it's you know early days for those leagues. What happens when the patience runs out with the owners? Now you, you, you multiply the number of problems when you're bringing a brand, virtually brand-new sport into the market that nobody understands or has had any exposure to. It's going to be difficult, but if they're patient and they have enough money to, to bleed it for a few years before it can become self-sufficient, mm. then there, there's a chance that this can grow into something. Yeah, and, and I think you've seen that with football slash soccer over there in America. Yes, not a uh, no-name sport, obviously, it is the world game. Uh, but we've seen what America did, and we talked about it the other day, didn't we, Chris, uh, in the World Cup uh, not that long ago, a few months uh, back. It will be interesting to keep an eye on uh, what happens with the cricket. We will definitely uh, talk about it in the months leading up to it and when it gets underway. Just on your other topics as well, uh, the World Baseball Classic Final. Oh, my goodness, what a game. This lived up to the hype. It, it wound up being the two best teams in the tournament mm. uh, going into the tournament, getting to the final. You had Japan, arguably the, with the second best major uh, professional league in the world behind the U.S.'s Major League Baseball. They met in the final. Show, it was a showstopper. It was a stop what you're doing and watch this because you're seeing some of the best baseball players ever put on earth playing against each other in a in one game for a championship. And to add to it, the, the goodness of the, how good this game was, I, it was close. It was 3-2. Japan wound up winning. But you had U.S. had so many opportunities. They had two runners on in four different innings last night, couldn't punch any of them home. They went 0-7 batting with runners in scoring position. That's runners on second or third base. Couldn't drive those runs in. A lot of missed opportunities. The J- Japan in the second inning could have played in five. They only wound up playing two runs. 
in, in that second inning, so they kind of had a missed opportunity. And it comes down to the very end. The highlight we were salivating for, we got. In a 3-2 game with two out in the ninth inning, the best player in the world, Shohei Otani, on the mound in relief, trying to close out the title against his Los Angeles Angels teammate and the second best player in the world, arguably, Mike Trout at the plate. And it was a duel for the ages. Otani threw four straight 160-kilometer-an-hour fastballs to Trout. Wound up getting the count full, three balls and two strikes, and then he pulled the string through this nasty 140-kilometer-an-hour slider that started right over the heart of the plate, looked like it was going right over the middle of the plate, and then just did a hard left turn out of the strike zone as Trout swung and missed for the final out of the ballgame. It was epic. Just an incredible finish to a to what was really a really a good tournament. Sounds very, very good. Of course, Australia had a decent tournament in that too. Um, And some sad news to finish off in the world of basketball. Yeah, uh, New York Knicks legend Willis Reed uh, was announced yesterday. He passed away at the age of 80. Two-time NBA champion, in fact, a centerpiece of the only two NBA titles in New York Knicks history in 1970 and 1973. Known best for an iconic game where he scored four points. Mm. But it was Game 7 of the 1970 NBA Finals. He had gotten hurt in Game 6, suffered a serious leg injury in Game 6, and it was doubtful that he was going to play that Game 7 against the Lakers at Madison Square Garden. Uh, So the teams are out on the court, they're in warm-up, and then you get, you see the vision, you see see the film, you can can probably see it if you're a basketball fan, Uh, coming out of the tunnel at MSG, is Willis Reed onto the court. He's hobbled. You know he's not 100%, but he's like, I have two legs. They work well enough. I'm going mm-hmm. to play. Comes in, hits the fir- his first two shots of the game. In fact, the only two shots he hit in that game uh, in 27 minutes of game time. But Clyde Frazier had what was considered the game of his life, 36 points, 19 assists, and the New York Knicks somehow, some way willed their way to an NBA title over Wilt Chamberlain and the Los Angeles Lakers in 1970. But an iconic moment. And again, Willis Reed passing away at the age of 80. Definitely uh, someone who will be missed by not just Knicks fans, but by basketball fans everywhere. Chris, great stuff. Sad news, but great report. Has always been really good talking uh, cricket with you. Uh, No EPL this coming Monday, so we'll get you on uh, the line on Monday and have another chat and see what's making news across, uh, what has made news across the weekend in America. Thank God for the international break. I'll talk to you on Monday. (laughs) Speak to you soon. Socceroos in action tomorrow night. Thank you, Chris. We'll chat then. All right, have a good day. Chris Perkins in America. Yeah, John Geller will be on the line tomorrow. We will talk Socceroos tomorrow with him. Of course, they're playing out at uh, Combank Stadium tomorrow night. But uh, we will also get his big predictions uh, with a couple of months left in the English Premier League. All right, after the break, show is all yours. Jump on the open line, one 300 Have your say or the text. There's heaps of them there. 0457-736-736. Saw a Steve War article yesterday, which made me thought think about great sporting families, past or present from around the world, you great sporting families. Royce Hunt, he has come out and labelled Corey Horsbaugh a weak-gutted dog. Does he deserve the same punishment as Ricky Stewart got last year? $25,000 fine 
and also a one-game suspension. Mitch Moses, Craig Gower has said Nathan Cleary is linked ahead of Mitch Moses, ahead of the Penrith Power game tonight. Do you agree with them? And is the Mitch Moses contract saga hurting and distracting the Parramatta Eels? And the game tonight, who wins? Para? Are they going to get their first win of the year? Or does Penrith make it zero from four for the Parramatta Eels? Your text, your calls, all next. 0457 736 736. Or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. Round two of the AFL begins tonight. Uh, Carlton, who of course had that draw last weekend, taking on Geelong. That should be a good one tonight. Round two of the AFL. We'll go through the rest of the fixtures tomorrow on the show. 0457 736 736. The text number. Call the open line 1300 01 1170. All right, your text. This one. Uh, hi, Dan. Uh, it's Wardy. Uh, that Chris is really good. What's his story? I really enjoy his segments. Well, I'll ask him. I'll pass that message on to him. Actually, I already have uh, Wardy. Uh, he can fill you in on Monday um, when uh, he joins me again. But look, I've been talking to him for the past 18 months, been part of the overnight crowd here on SEN for many years, definitely knows his sport. So, no, I'll get uh, Chris to explain exactly his backstory on Monday. But, yeah, a lot of people say they really enjoy his segments, which we enjoy uh, doing. Thank you, Awardee. We'll definitely remember that and ask Chris on Monday for that. Uh, this from the Kingswood Welder. Good morning, uh, young nutshell Daniel and fellow peanut tradies. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure it's not Vossie. Uh, my nomination for best sports family, I can't go past motorsport and dick johnson's son stephen and now his grandson jet involved in the super two super class a uh, supercars class also from over the ditch jim richard's son stephen and now his son clay anyway sorry for pulling the plug yesterday while you were talking afl ah that was you but great emergency song pre-programmed for such occasions foo fighters uh, was it? I don't know. It should be, though. If not, uh, th- thank you, uh, Kingswood Welder. And, yeah, I thought it was a little ironic that we had a slight technical issue just after you had text telling me how much you don't like AFL being mentioned on this show. Talk AFL and the whole station went off here. Kingswood? Uh, no, thank you for the text. Uh, this from Razor. I don't think you can get a bigger and better sporting family than the Hayes family from South Australia, the great Colin, David, and the grandsons. That's from Razor. Uh, in terms of the game tonight between the Panthers and the Eels, this from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. You mentioned if you take last year's grand final out, the Eels have a good record against the Panthers, but you also need to take out the qualifying final as well, where the Panthers won 27 points to eight. You're spot on, Oval Treeman. I totally forgot about that match. Um, it, and it sort of went under the radar after the grand final. The Panthers beat Parramatta, and that's kind of all you hear about. But no, you are spot on. Uh, of course, the Panthers, even that game from memory, was pretty close up until uh, the last 20 or 30 minutes. But you're right. I think the Panthers will win because of the last two times the team met, the Eels could not match it. That from the Oval Treatment. I am tipping Penrith as well. Um this from uh, this text saying, if SEN is clever, which of course we are, uh, they would build a main event ad around the weak gutter dog comment. Talk it up and shove it down the throats. And when the clash comes around, the ground sells out and waits with tainted breath for the send off after the first tackle. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He goes with the direction the NRL is heading. Well, you never, never know. Uh, yeah, that's not until round 27. It's a shame that it's so far away, isn't it? Uh, Arthur from Paddington says, great sporting families, Kostya and Tim Zoo, Stephen Matt Rogers, of course, Matt Rogers, part of uh, Sports Day here. Uh, Stephen Mark Ward, the Allers, the Ablets, uh, the Sattlers, yeah, our thoughts still with uh, 
uh, Scott Sattler after the passing of his father, John. Uh, Serena and Venus Williams, Peyton Alley, Manning and Arthur. Uh, and that was from Arthur from Paddington, not Arthur from Paddington, although he is a very good sports person as well, I'm sure. Um, and one more before a break, then we'll finish with a few more. The NRL dropped the ball last year with Ricky's comments slapping him with only one week. Maybe we wouldn't have seen a repeat of the comment if they took a stand and sidelined him for the remainder of the season. Well, that's an interesting one because, as I said last year, when um, they decided to suspend Ricky for one game and fine him $25,000, there are a lot of people saying he should have been out for the rest of the year completely. Now, does Royce Hunt deserve that same suspension as Ricky Stewart? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And sorry, just one more before a break because this is very funny. This is Jay the Bookman like this from Brett. Morning, Dan. Parramatta might win tonight as they have Madison playing. Ha ha, he says. Thank you. Great text, Brett. You're on fire so early on in the morning. We'll finish off with more texts in just a second. 0457 736 736 or open line is 1300 01 1170. Okay, more text to finish off the show. Uh, this one about great sporting families. Hi, Dan. The Quarter family. Oh, it's quite a unique place having father, mother, and all three children achieving greatness in their sports uh, covering tennis and golf. Uh, yes, indeed, quarter family still uh, very relevant to this day. This one from James, um, and I don't quite get it, but I'm going to read it out anyway. Great sporting families. Wayne Gretzky and his very talented daughter, Paulina Gretzky. I'm a massive fan. I haven't stumbled upon Paulina, Paulina but I'll take your word for it. Good text, James. Uh, this one from the Green Keeping Rooster. Morning, Dan. I believe Nathan Cleary is a far superior player than Mitch Moses. And I totally agree with what Craig Gower said. I know it was only a rumour, but I wouldn't want Moses at the Roosters. Well, yeah, didn't Nick Politis come out yesterday and uh, strongly deny that? Um, no chance he'll be going to the Roosters, according to Nick Politis. Uh, this one, uh, hi, Dan. Just in Australia, so many great families. The Allers, Hughes, Thornettes, Ablets, Mortimers, Chapels, and Danahers, just to name a few. The family that I'm loving to watch at the moment are Minji Lee and Min Woo Lee. Good nominations. And this one from the Chookman on the game tonight, 0-4 for Parramatta after tonight. Better than Christmas. So you were tipping and quite clearly going for the Penrith Panthers. You'll hear that game on SCN tonight. Coming up on Brexit with Fossey and James Magnuson this morning. Brandy uh, still away. He should be back tomorrow. Brent Tate, uh, former Redcliffe Jr. and, of course, former Broncos player on to talk about the big match tomorrow night. Wally back with his stats, the NRL tips, and Michael Carianis with all the latest NRL headlines. Thank you for your company today. Big show tomorrow. Charlie Goodsir, John Gallo, Andrew Mentzel. Have a wonderful Thursday. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5.